same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome, true believers, to another episode of Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and with me, as always, is the government to my agent. <laughs> it's Bear. I'm just trying to kill everybody. And our limited edition host, host, Jennifer Howland, is with us. I can't even say who I am because my... Both of my spirit animals are in the movie for this. <laughs> Any of it. I'm so excited. I just don't even know what to say. Hi. <laughs> Before we get into this, let's just say this is going to be an explicit episode. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Red, which is what we're going over today, was written by Warren fucking Ellis. And that is his legal name. Warren Ellis. Especially Gerard. You actually know his middle name. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Warren fucking Gerard Ellis. <laughs> Warren fucking Gerard fucking Ellis. <laughs> fucking Warren fucking Gerard fucking Ellis. Fuck you. <laughs> this graphic novel, not extremely well received. And actually only the second one that we've done on this show where this is it. Graphic novel one and done. Yep. There is more movie. Then there is graphic novel. Yeah, there is graphic novel. And actually, the graphic novel that you read, only half of it is actually the novel, and the other half is just artwork from the novel, right? Super short read. So, Jen, I know you're rip-roaring, raring to go. This is one of the six episodes this season that you've chosen. Yes. And the second to last that you've chosen. Oh. But next is... Yes. Right. But next will be Legion. Yes. So let's talk about your relationship with this movie and with <laughs> this comic. So this is kind of a weird story. When Twitter was a new thing, I joined and followed Warren Ellis because Warren Ellis. Because Warren fucking Ellis. Right. And I knew about Warren Ellis because of Red, but also because of his relationship with Nick Cave, who is one of my favorites in the music world they've done some collaborations on twitter warren ellis when he joined and started tweeting regularly would say good morning sinners and post out and a friend of mine and i would just at him all the time on twitter and it got to the point where he responded to us on a regular basis <laughs> he finally bugged the hell out of him enough it was early enough i don't think people realized that when you added someone that they might notice. I'm sure people did. We never thought that he would ever respond to us because he's Warren Ellis and we're us. Right. And then he did. And it was fantastic. It's a weird pseudo relationship. I'm sure that he does not remember anything about it, but he would dispense advice to us. We would pose questions to him and he would give us advice and it was just right, maybe I will get a Twitter account. It so was over and over and over again. It was fantastic. But I've always just loved his body of work and his voice and he is a rebel person. He is a rebellious outsider voice and I appreciate those. So I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Warren Ellis. 
See, whereas I use Twitter mostly to talk back and forth with Freddie Prince Jr. Well, that, but see, same thing. That and mock the Secretary of Education as you should. Yeah. Let's start with the graphic novel and we'll go ahead and break it down. This is our first Wild Storm graphic novel. Wild Storm being things like, actually, Warren Ellis, long history with Wild Storm. Also does things like The Authority, which is probably an early iteration kind of of the boys. It's a superhero team, but they're kind of dysfunctional. They aren't nearly as dysfunctional as the boys is, but it had the first gay superhero couple in it. Did Warren Ellis also do the Castlevania series on Netflix? He sure did. He also did a three-episode G.I. Joe series that was on something streaming where he killed, like, half the G.I. Joes in the first episode. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. Yeah, let's not forget Hellblazer. Right. He did Hellblazer, and he did, which I've discussed on this before, my favorite comic book series, Transmetropolitan, which is Hunter S. Thompson in the future as a journalist, and it's brilliant. Big love for Hunter. Yes. (laughs) Art done by Cully Hamner, who also helped write Red. We've talked a lot, especially during our Preacher episode, about cartoon violence. The cartoonish level of violence in a graphic novel when it's too real and when it's obvious, oh my god. I feel like what is on the page for Red has been recently done in movies. Things like Kingsman have done it. Kingsman is a great series couple of movies right but a good example of that hyper realized violence mm-hmm. almost tarantino levels see not quite tarantino, not quite so almost. that's one of my things is i did not like kill bill for that reason i felt it was too over the edge it's a delicate thing to get that level of cartoonish violence like red or kingsman and then have just tarantino levels of it's so over the, the top bloods Scouts, yeah. And some people have a very different line for that. My line is just before Kill Bill levels of violence. The graphic novel, very much in that same vein. Oh, absolutely. For those who are a fan of the movie with Bruce Willis, read the graphic novel, just follows Frank. The main character is Paul Moses in the graphic novel. Instead of Frank Moses. The female counterpart to Paul slash Frank is Sally in the graphic novel and Sarah, Sarah Ross in the... Which is a weird change. This is just my supposition. They went with Frank in the movie because it sounded older than Paul. And they went with Sarah rather than Sally because it sounded younger. That's actually probably a pretty good assessment. And speaking of the Sally-Sarah character, you have already gushed about one of your spirit animals that being Warren Ellis. Yes. Well, three then. In the movie Mary Louise Parker plays Sarah Ross, who is the romantic interest of the Bruce Willis character. I've always loved her. The easiest way to understand Jen without knowing her is if Mary Louise Parker plays a character in a show, some aspect of that character is probably going to be part of Jen. Sarah Ross is pretty much me. That's pretty much your job right now. It is. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, well, I'm and not. if people have seen Red 2, I've walked through a Sam's <laughs> with you. <laughs> the pattern of speech. Yeah. Yes. The sardonic wit. 
we did a costume for you one year that was Mary Louise, Mary Jane Parker Watson. Yes. <laughs> which was what if a Mary Louise Parker played Mary Jane Watson from Spider-Man. So yeah, cartoon levels of violence, spirit animals, all sorts of wonderful things. But the graphic novel you have to understand is just Paul slash Frank. It's just a story about him. Sally only shows up a very little bit, and it's not a romantic interest thing at all. No, it's all oh, much, uh, hey, I know you, and you should get the fuck out of Dodge. Right. A lot, 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 lot darker. At the risk of, well, no, very minor spoilers, but Paul has, has isolated himself because he had an entire career worth of being a CIA operative and going to countries and killing people, and he found that he cannot be around people anymore. So the only contacts that he has in the world anymore are his weekly phone calls with his handler, who is Sally, and handwritten letters from his niece. And whenever well, thing Sally, who is his handler, who doesn't even realize that he has done like his current handler, doesn't realize he's done the things that he's done. She just thinks that she's checking in to make sure that all of his Pension. Yeah, his pension yeah. fund and yeah. everything is, is being paid out as it should be. Right, which is similar to the movie, but doesn't have the other part of that he's throwing his pension checks away just so he can keep talking to her, which was a, a fun addition to the movie. Right. I really enjoyed the fact that they took the graphic novel and kind of turned it into a comedy as opposed to, don't get me wrong. Oh, like a spy thriller? Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, I agree. Very much on the, like, the Kingsman level of, we're going to just have fun with it. We're not going to take ourselves too seriously. Right. We're going to be just a tad over the top. Yeah. We're going to have a good time with it. That's absolutely Warren Ellis. It's how he gets you to look at something that he really thinks is an issue and a problem, but he does it in a way that makes you laugh and chills you to the bone. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Right. You're laughing at it, and then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, this we, is how it really is. Can we just talk about the cast? Yes, the movie, please. The movie for please. just a second. Like, that is please. all of my notes. Yes, because yes. when we get to Marvin, I've got a bombshell for y'all. I've got a potential what could have been. Even just the highlights. So, Bruce Willis as Frank Moses, as opposed to Paul. How is he not perfect for the part? There's a ton of viewers out there that have already seen him in, what, five different Die Hard movies? Well, Point. not at that Okay. Yeah. So still four different Die Hard movies. Uh, can we just, I'm sorry, pause for just a moment and talk about the best Christmas movie ever. Right. Die Hard. Di Die Hard yeah. is a Christmas movie. Right. If you don't think it's a Christmas movie, then you can at me and I will just- Oh, you can at me. <laughs> at me all day because I will school you on how much that is a Christmas movie. And if you don't think that's a Christmas movie, then we can't be friends. I, I agree with Line you. Line drawing. In the stand. We are friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Obviously, Bruce Willis, perfect for the part. Mary Louise Parker, perfect for her part. Take a look at her. For role. the way they wrote her part. In for the way they wrote her part. Take a look at her, her role in Weeds. Mm -hmm. These characters are very similar. Mm -hmm. Let's move into one of my favorite actors. <laughs> Plays the bad guy for most of the movie. Carl Urban, yes. who was like nerd actor extraordinaire. Yes. The best dread. Right? The best dread. Chronicles of Riddick, new Star Trek, The Boys, which you're going to see. Oh my God, yes. Season two. So season good. Season two, Lord of the Rings, Thor Ragnarok, which is the best Hulk movie ever. Right. Born Supremacy. He's been everywhere. 
He's done everything. Carl Urban is amazing. Morgan Freeman? And not set. Also one of those characters that when you watch in the movie, he's like, yep, I have cancer. And you're like, you're going to die gloriously. <laughs> There's no way you're ending this movie dying of cancer. Yeah. We, you introduced the, were introduced to us with, I have cancer. Wait, 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 wait. Morgan Freeman's got cancer in this movie? Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> John Malkovich. Have you ever seen a bad John Malkovich movie? No, love that man. You skipped one that I'd like to point out, and it was not a very big role, but this cast is so star-studded, I have to point it out. The records keeper, Ernest Borgnine. Yes, I totally forgot about Ernest Borgnine. The, the cast is stunning. Well, stunning. there were still other people yep. on my list. Yes. Yeah. No, she's got another spirit animal to go. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, Brian Cox, Ellen Mir. There we go, right there. This woman <laughs> is the architect of my type. She is who I aspire to be as I grow older. She is smart, witty, feisty as fuck, amazing. And will son. still blow the fuck out of you with an automatic weapon should she feel the need to. And her entire reason for doing this movie, she wanted to do a movie with Bruce Willis. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. That, that is awesome. Also, but, why she was in the Fast and the Furious movies. She right. liked the Fast and the Furious movies. It was like, agent, get me into a Fast and the Furious movie. Also an amazing thing. <laughs> Something that I learned about her is she took firearms training. I don't know how long she did it, but because she needed to be able to fire a gun and not blink. Right. Oh, so she did a Keanu Reeves stand-up? No, oh, no, oh, Keanu is... Reeves, actually, that's why they wore sunglasses in the Matrix. Right. Because they kept blinking as they were firing guns, so they all wore sunglasses. But yes, Keanu Reeves later, for John yes. Wick, yeah. Yeah. trained himself out of that. Yeah. Let's go back a second. You mentioned John Malkovich and his role as Marvin. So mm -hmm. John Malkovich, like, that is, his role is... I am getting the pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the pig. That's all there is to it, and I'm getting the pig. I am going to tell you guys who originally was cast, and I want you to take a beat and then tell me okay. <laughs> how the movie would have been different. John C. Riley. Nah. Yeah, John C. Riley can't do the level of crazy that John Malkovich. <laughs> John Malkovich does a level of crazy that scares crazy right? people. And he, I mean, he is. He looks you in the eye and he delivers this line, and you're just like, is he good at? Right. If you haven't seen the movie being John Malkovich. Of course one, I have, because John Cusack. One, <laughs> one go see it. Right. Two, it gives you a little bit of insight into how he is perceived as an actor, as well as how he perceives himself. Amazing. Nothing against John C. Riley, but I just don't think he would bring the same level. Also, he would be too young. You're right. Be too young. The part probably would have been rewritten. That right. A... And, but I liked the idea of all the retired agents. Yes. Everybody and, coming yeah. out of retirement yeah. for like one last huzzah. All of the governments underestimating them just because they're retired. Right. Like there's a reason that they're red. Retired, extremely dangerous. Which is never talked about in the comic book. That's right. It's never referenced. Uh, they did bring it up. One where he says so. it was labeled yeah. red, but they never actually explain. Right, they never explain what the letters. Yeah, what the what it means. No, no, because he was green. He becomes red when he becomes reactivated. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
So red in the comic book is a designation. It's not retired extremely dangerous. Yeah, it's a, right. Red well, is it's technically a designation in yeah. the movie too. It's just two different right. Characters. But instead of being just red, the word red, red. The movie is RED is yeah. an acronym because I am older. I do like the premise of people just because they're older, they don't stop being spectacular. They don't stop being extraordinary because they're older and they're retired. You are however old you are. You don't stop being a marksman. You don't stop being intelligent. One of the phrases that I learned when I used to fight in Ampgart was old age and treachery will always win out over youth and enthusiasm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> the first movie that we've discussed, only an hour and a half, and the graphic novel is not that many pages. Bear said half of it is artwork instead of right. Well, the it's laying story. out the storyboarding for the right. book. Looks like it's a total of 74 pages. Right. The graphic novel is 74 pages. There's not a lot of dialogue on that, but you there's know, the but story is well told. There's a shit ton of violence right. into those 74 right. fucking pages. But a one and done. I'm going to change our typical would you keep reading this a little bit and say, should it have continued? I'm going to go with no, honestly. In today's society, you get so few standalone stories can i just have us tell a story about this one moment in time and just be done with it no it has to have a sequel it has to have a trilogy it has to be land before time 12 because you just need to keep going and going and going and making money off of it can we just have something enjoy it for its time and be done with it? but do you think that the media was a better platform for that then because red had a sequel like we said, let's take a look at that cast. Right. The graphic novel itself, if they made another graphic novel, uh, you know, maybe. But I'm happy that was it. It was done. Also, I don't think they could have made the exact plot of the graphic novel into a movie because they already did that with the <laughs> Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. We're going to break into the CIA. With far less violence. Yeah. My thought is Warren Ellis had something to say about this and he said it where would you go he made his statement as far as the movie goes i'm thrilled with the sequel i think the sequel actually is fantastic and a lot of times when you do a sequel to a movie like red it's just an obvious cash grab yeah. and i think they did a really nice job with the sequel yeah, they made absolutely. it compelling yeah they made it interesting made a little character growth yeah and I got to see all of my favorite actors again, do, being <laughs> being badasses. I was in the similar about it's our table question, but I think everybody's in agreement. I would say that if Warren Ellis had more to say on it, he would say it. He's not a shy dude, yeah. and he's not somebody that if he said, I have a comic book idea, anybody would tell him, well, you know, let's not. I will say that this comic would be a high recommend for me just because if anybody ever wants to understand who Warren Ellis is and not read... 12 issues of something or get into a series. I would number one recommend Transmetropolitan, but that's 60 issues. Even the first graphic novel is six issues. It's kind of a commitment, but this is 74 lean pages. It goes by quick. It's like a half an hour read and not a lot of dialogue, a lot of action panels and the story just goes kind of the opposite from when we talked about Lucifer the last time you were here, Jen. 
which is much more meticulous. We've described this before as the movie Crank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where 30 seconds of plot and exposition, and then the rest of it is just go, yeah, go, just go, 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 go. I do think if you enjoy Red, when you read it, to check out his other stuff. He's all over the place. He did some runs of Iron Man. He's an so, author. Yeah. So he has novels that are on our bookshelf over there. Yeah, your Netflix, go watch the Castlevania series because that was amazing. Yeah. If you want some amazing whiplash, wonderful whiplash, Astonishing X-Men, the series that was started by Joss Whedon, and then when Joss Whedon was done with it, Warren Ellis picked it up. So you go from Joss Whedon to Warren Ellis real quick. Wow. That seems like that. that yeah, where where you have Joss Whedon, who is like holding your favorite character and repeatedly punching them in the head, and then you go to Warren Ellis, who holds you and repeatedly <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's one of your favorite character grabs you by the <laughs> stops with the witty dialogue. <laughs> and we would be remiss if we did not mention Warren Ellis's recipe for a cocktail. His recipe for cocktails: to get yourself a pint glass, get a bottle of whiskey. Fill the pint glass with whiskey and punch the person who ordered a cocktail. Thank you, Warren. Good. <laughs> this has been another episode of Graphically Novel. Please tune in next time when we talk about Daredevil in our penultimate episode for season one. Till then. That's the penultimate episode? Penultimate, yes. Why is that penultimate? Because it's episode 11. That's what penultimate means. No. <laughs> For some reason, I had that word pegged at a different point in my memory banks. Don't mind me. Well, take it away, Vandello. Come with me. I'll tell a story that you might have heard before. Graphically novel. But the same old trouble, villains always knocking at the door. Pretty pictures on the page, but nothing ever stays the same. Do, 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 do. Ever as it's